February. Come on, somebody, do it a little more this morning. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. It is of your mercies that we are not consumed. For your compassion, they fail not. And great is your faithfulness. Lord, we are testimonies of your faithfulness. And we have come to return our gratitude today. This first worship day of February of 2022, we return with our gratitude. We return with our gratitude. And we ask that you accept our heart of gratitude. In our singing, in our dancing, in our shouting, in our clapping, let everything give you glory today. Let everything give you praise. Because it's all about you. It's all about you. There's nothing we could have done to keep ourselves alive. But we've come to say thank you. We've come to say thank you. We've come to say thank you. Lift your two hands to him one more time today and just bless him. Lord, we have just come to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God of all flesh, Father of all spirits, our keeper, our protector, our provider, our peace. You are our peace. You are the one who keeps us. We return to say thank you. We return to say thank you. We bless you, our Father. We bless you, our Father. And we honor your name today. We give you glory and we give you praise. And Lord, we ask that you breathe upon us in this service afresh. Fill us afresh with your spirit. We ask, Father, that you charge your word with power. And let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. Everyone joining us online from any location from all around the world, we, we ask that your presence will pervade and permeate the atmosphere of their heart and their home. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, everlasting Father, and we give you all the glory and all the praise in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody who is blessed to be in God's presence this morning, one more time, can you put your hands together and celebrate Jesus? Praise God, praise God. Please, you may have your seat if you are in the house. Praise God. Just before I go into the message this morning, I, I just want to quickly uh, pray for people who are celebrating birthdays, wedding anniversaries, job anniversaries, business anniversaries, whatever kind of anniversary in the month of February. As a church family, we love to celebrate with the celebrants of every month and just speak a blessing over them. So if you don't mind, whether you are online or you are in the house, if you are online and you are not in a car or something, you can also stand with the people in the house. If it's your birthday in the month of February, if your wedding anniversary, or, you know, any, any anniversary, I want you to please stand. I want you to please stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All the celebrants, if you want to return the glory to him, why don't you sing that song to him this morning? For me, thank you, thank you, thank Lord. You, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord, my God. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, One more time, Lord, one more time. For everything, for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for life and for health, for my business, I say thank you, thank you. 
Our Father, we thank you for all of our celebrants in the month of February. Everyone right here in the room, everyone joining us online. For everyone celebrating birthdays in the month of February, we speak the blessing of divine preservation over them. We decree and declare today that God will satisfy you with long life and continue to show you salvation. You will not be cut short in your prime. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we declare that the Lord bless your bread and your water and take sickness away from the midst of you. As you celebrate this month, your celebration will know no bound. In the name of the Lord Jesus, whatever is bringing you joy will not return to sorrow. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for everyone celebrating wedding anniversaries in the month of February. The Lord will preserve your home. Whatever is breaking homes out there will not be able to break your own home. It will shield you with His peace, with His joy, and His love will be continually rekindled in your home. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray over career anniversaries, business anniversaries. We decree in the name of Jesus that the Lord preserves you on your career path. He preserves your businesses. Uh, in the name of Jesus, your story will be from glory to glory. Your path will shine brighter and brighter. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as we return glory to God this month, His praise will continually be in your mouth. Favor of God will rest upon your life. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a believing amen. Come on, let's appreciate all our February celebrants. Hallelujah. Praise God. I said praise God. All right. It's so good to see everyone in church this, this morning. And uh, whatever time it is where you're joining us online, I want you to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the word of God. There's power in the world to renew, to transform, uh, to deliver, to bring clarity, to bring peace. And the Bible says he sent his word and his word healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. So we need to always approach the word of God uh, with, you know, some sense of reverence and be deliberate about how we deal with distractions whilst the word of God is being preached or taught. So for everyone right in the room and everyone online wanting to approach the teaching and preaching of God's word today with reverence in your heart, don't distract yourself. Let your heart be open to receive God's word. Because I believe this word will be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Somebody say better, amen. amen. We've come to the month of February, and it's the month of love. We're continuing our series. We're not starting a new series till later this month. Uh, but we're continuing our series, and in, in this teaching today, uh, 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 I'm going to move between two things. I'm going to challenge this house to serve. Some ministry fair also today, but at the same time, we're going to challenge each other today to serve from uh, the point of view of, of, of love. Glory be to Jesus. You know, as we move in, into this month, further into this month, things will start to get, you know, red. Everywhere will become red. Yeah, uh, you go to a store, you see one red thing or the other. Uh, love will be in the hair, and uh, it has attendant implications. One of the implications is that some, people, uh, some people's feeling of lacking love will be aggravated. Yeah? 
uh, while some people uh, will just be indifferent, while some other people uh, will be floating, and then social media will be awashed with all kinds of provocations. Yeah. And it can make some people even slip into depression just because of what you are seeing on social media. If you are not comfortable with it, you can take a sabbatical one month from social media. Don't kill yourself. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't allow yourself to be dragged into negative emotions this month. Yeah. Be focused. Yeah. Be focused. Uh, and keep telling yourself, even if I don't have uh, a lover in my life or anything like that, there's nothing that is comparable to the love of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Nothing comparable to the love of Jesus. Yeah. And there are many people who are just, you know, faking it on social media. And you don't get depressed because of some people faking it. Yeah. Some people just finish bad altercation and then they will say, say my boo. Which boo? Yeah. If only we were in your living room, we would know <laughs> what has transpired. But everybody wants to put up an appearance. And then you allow their appearance to make your life feel miserable. You are not helping yourself. Yeah, you're not helping yourself. So don't allow any negative emotions around your life this season. One thing that I want to challenge us about this morning, that the love of God is more important than the love of man. Are you still with me today? Yeah, the love of God is more important than the love of man. And whether it is love for God or love for man, our world is quickly moving away from the primary demonstration of love to the ephemeral things that will fade away. Things that don't last. You know, things, I mean, gifts are good. All those things are okay. But it's just that they, they don't last. Uh, they, 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 they're fickle and transient in the effect that it creates. So there will be, I mean, people commercialize every season. So, you know, as you go into this week, don't be surprised. You may get strange calls. Uh, Google will push some things to you. If you are online, they want you to buy. They want you to surprise somebody, do this and all. All that is good. But as we do that, don't forget the lover of your soul. The one who laid down his life for you. The Bible says there's no better love than this. That a man will lay down his life for his friend. That somebody who paid the ultimate sacrifice for your soul. It's more than a perfume. It's more than, you know, a bottle of perfume. It's more than, you know, it's more than a bouquet of flowers. It is his life that he laid down for you. And that's the foundation of love. And from time to time, the one who loved us with an everlasting love, the one who loved us with reckless abandon, that even when he hung on the cross, uh, he, 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 he despised his shame. And, and, you know, just looking up to the joy that was set before him, according to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, yeah, he, 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 he was looking on to the joy that was set before him. He did everything for you and I to demonstrate love, and sometimes he also demands love from us. So before you get encumbered with the love of man and the love of romance and the love of, you know, whether husband and wife or boo and bae or whatever you're going to call it, 
you need to recognize that there's a love, there's one love uh, that trumps all that. And we must not lose focus of it, even as we get entrenched in celebrating uh, uh, the, 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 the loving relationships in our lives. And in John chapter 21, let's start from the last chapter of the book of John. I have a short prayer to preach the word of God this morning because of the ministry fair. Uh, you, you get to understand as we go on, but uh, I, I still believe this will bless you tremendously. John chapter 21, the last chapter of the book of John, something dramatic happened in the closing of the, 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 the gospel according to St. John. In the closing chapter, chapter 21, something dramatic happened there. Jesus had his last appearance, his third appearance uh, to his disciples. The third appearance to the, uh, the, the, the group of disciples. Uh, a number of them were there. Uh, Peter, James, John, you know, Andrew, all of them were there. And uh, Peter, in, in, the, in, the, in the opening, uh, uh, in, in verse 2, the Bible says, Simon, uh, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's the, uh, the, the, the James and John, uh, verse 3 says, and Simon said to them, I'm going fishing. Yeah, I'm returning back to work. This man has disappeared. Yeah, he resurrected and he had gone. Yeah, let, let's, let's move on to other things. I'm going a fishing. I'm going about things of life. I'm going about my life. Jesus met him as a fisherman, and at this point he said, I, I, I go and do whatever I want to do with my life. And you know, a lot of us have plans for our lives. We have things that we want to do with our lives. You know, I, I woke up this morning just praying, uh, and the first thing the Holy Spirit brought to my mind is, was the trajectory of my life and the fact that there are some things that have happened in my life that I never had the opportunity of planning for myself because some of us are master planners. I'm a strategic person. My uh, topmost gift is leadership, you know. Uh, so when you have a gift of leadership, you, you, you tend to be quite strategic in the way you think and manage resources. Uh, so you want to manage your life. You want to manage everything around you. But the only people were just bringing to my mind this morning how there are certain trajectory in my life that God literally dodged me because he knew I will, I will overdo. You know, somebody listen to me this morning. You need to understand it. Uh, stop confusing yourself, thinking that your brain can handle all the affairs of your life. Your brain is too small to plan your destiny. Yeah, that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us. Yeah, the one who, who can circumvent our plan and bring God's original intention to bear in the affairs of my life and your life. And when, when you're doing too much, uh, you develop gray hair in no time because the one who is the helper of your destiny, the number one helper, is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. The one who will comfort you, guide you, is your advocate. He speaks for you in the critical areas of life. When the, the, the chiefs are down, the Holy Spirit is supposed to hold you up and guide you through the different expressions of your life. That's how much God loves us. Peter got into this place where he became disillusioned. I'm going back. I'm going to fishing. I want to go and fish. Then he said, I mean, all of them said, we're going to go with you also. Then they went out immediately and got into the boat. That night, they caught nothing. Nothing. Nado. They caught nothing. Many people, under the influence of this service, whether online or right in the room, your calculation is not yielding. It's time you ask God, what's the missing link? Yeah. And stop all this, you know, being frantic. It doesn't change anything. Worry does not move a needle in the temperature of destiny. 
Yeah. Worry does not do anything. It won't move any needle. You can worry from now till tomorrow. It doesn't change anything. But when you submit, when you know what God is doing, when you know God has a plan, when you didn't have enough brain to plan your life, when, you, you, when your cognitive ability was zero, God already had a plan. Before I formed you, I knew you. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Before I formed you, I knew you. I knew you. I knew you. Yeah, my, my plan predates your formation. So I formed you for my plan. That's what he said in Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Before I formed you, before you were born, I sanctified you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I already had a plan. Peter here with his cronies, they, they were going to go on the wings of their own plan. They did everything. They caught nothing. Go back to John, John 21 for me. They caught nothing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appeared to them. And he started to talk to them. Yeah. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood at the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? Since it's food you are looking for now, destiny has turned to food. Yeah? I, you, I mean, he didn't ask them whether they were doing ministry, whether they were. You know that some people, survivor has taken the place of significance in your life. All you think about all the time is survivor. How much money is in my account? Ah, Lagos also. You know, London also. This one also. That one also. You just want to also. You don't think about God's plan, God's purposes. What does God want to use me for? It's just also, also, also. And Jesus brought it down to their level. Do you have any food? Since it's food, your life is now about food. I go out fishing. Yeah. And he said, no. And then he told them, you know, just cast your net, I think, to the right or something like that. Can, can, you, can you put it forward for me? Verse 6, go ahead. He said, no. Then he said to them, cast your net to the right side, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Yeah. This was the second ex experience. This was different from when uh, Jesus borrowed Peter's boat. This, that was before his, his death on the cross. This was post-resurrection. Yeah. That Jesus, you know, they, they, they appeared to them. And they didn't even know it was him. The same thing happened again. The moment it happened, something happened to uh, Peter. Look at verse 7. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is, it is the Lord. Now, Simon Peter heard that it was uh, the Lord. He put on his outer garment, you know, his church dress. <laughs> Jesus must not catch me like this. There are some people like that. <laughs> there are some people like that here, you know. Uh, when, when something happens, ah, ah, we are Christians. So we are Christians. That was what Peter did there. We are, we are apostles or disciples. Yeah, put on... The moment he heard was Jesus, as if he didn't understand the doctrine of the, uh, of the omniscience of God, the, the, you know, the, um, the omnipresent God, he, he didn't understand that. He didn't know that Jesus was looking at everything before. The way you are looking, living your life right now, I need you to understand that God is watching everything. God is seeing everything. You don't have to put up any appearance at the last minute, like Peter was doing there. Yeah. If your life is only counting for money and for what you can achieve for yourself, God is seeing everything. Where am I going with this? I'm going to learn this in a moment. But this is where I'm going with this. Jesus, after all that charade, and, you know, they started putting themselves together, uh, Peter jumped into the water, and then they crossed to the other side, and then he invited them over to come and have breakfast with him. And whilst they were eating, after they had eaten, if we jump to verse 15, 
after they had eaten, then Jesus faced the matter. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? By this, you may say fishing, you may say the food, you may say anything. Do you love me more than this? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And this morning, I speak to somebody. Let me use Pastor Debo as an example. Debo, son of Amotunde, do you love me more than this? <laughs> I know he won't be harassed. And I know he's already shown the love of God. So it's a good example. Let's appreciate Pastor Debo. Yeah. <laughs> but you can personalize it. And call your name and put your surname. Because Jesus did not want to make a mistake. So that Peter would not be thinking, maybe it's another Peter. Peter, son of Jonah. <laughs> Do you love me more than this? He asked him three times. And at the, 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 each time Jesus asked, he used a variant of the word love. I mean, for instance, when you look at it, uh, the, the Bible says, if, if you look at the Passion Translation, for instance, he said, do you have affection for me? You know, do you love me? Do you have affection for me? And also he said, one, in one time, he said, fill my sheep. Another time he said, uh, uh, tend my lambs. Yeah. There are assignments that God has for your life. Yeah. And you only fulfill God's agenda, not your own, when you are motivated by love for God. Yeah. When you are motivated by love for God. Love overrides personal ambitions. Love is the key to submission. It's the key to submission. You love God so much, you are willing to submit a part of your life. You love God so much, you are willing to submit a, a, a destructive relationship, even in this month of February, to the love of God. And say, this relationship is not moving me anywhere, it's destroying my spiritual life, it's destroying me emotionally, I submit it to you. Jesus looked at Peter. Do you love me more than this? Because if you do, you will not abandon the work that I gave you and go out fishing. And even the fishing, you caught nothing until I showed up. So think about your life, Peter. The center of God's will is the best place to be in life. What God wants for you is the best place to be in life. If not, the struggle continues. The struggle continues. Jesus challenged Peter. Time will not permit me to dig into, you know, verse 15, uh, 16 and 17. You love me more than this? Keep my sheep. Uh, take care of my lambs. And Peter, after the third time, I'm sure Peter must have remembered uh, uh, what happened uh, at the, at the, before the crucifixion, where he said, you will deny me three times. Ah, it's number three again. Again. He's calling me three times again. At the third one, Peter was angry. Ah, I've grown now. If this was just a mistake, I was just distracted. And then he said, ah, Master, you know that I love you. You know. You know. Somebody, God is expecting you in this month of February to demonstrate love for him in a different dimension. Yeah. By yielding yourself to service to him. Because service is the pathway to significance. Many people are busy pursuing success 
or pursuing survival when God says your destiny is for greatness. You don't forget the vision of this church is to make greatness common. And we have said often and again that greatness is about service. It's about service. The one that will be the greatest among you, Jesus said, must be the servant of all. Greatness is about service. And you serve God with what God has given you. And that's the challenge that we show God love this season by serving him with what he has given us. Many people profess love. I mean, if I want to make this, I mean, bring it down to your home this morning. Many people profess love, and this, this time also, we'll go and look for one gift or the other and be exchanging and be, you know, which is great. But how really are you serving your family? How are you serving your spouse? How are you serving the people that you said you love? Because one of the greatest ways to demonstrate love is service. Yeah, to serve other people. What's your measure of service to your spouse? What's your measure of service to your children? You know, some people think that when you just pay all the bills, you are served. Service is more practical than that. Yeah, it's more practical than that. Sometimes it's being available. Just like some people think that if you pay your tithe and give your offerings in church, you, you have served God. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, that's the minimum level. It's like saying because I paid house rent, I cannot show up in my children's school, I can't do homework, I can't take my child out to ride bicycle, I can't do anything with them again because I paid house rent. I counsel men, and it's men at the lowest level that think like that. Yeah, Jesus did everything, yet he still washed the feet of his disciples. He still did the most mundane things. Yeah, this one that I don't know how you have, you know, <laughs> many people have outsourced parenting. You even forget your children's name sometimes. Say, Daddy, welcome. Eh, eh, eh. Which one is it? <laughs> because you think everything about money. We paid nanny, we paid this, I paid them, you know, paid three million school fees, paid this, you know, and some people will be saying it as if everything is money. A child is starving for affection. You are talking money. <laughs> you know the funny thing? Children don't know how much you pay for school fees, they don't care. I'm telling you, they, they care nothing. Yeah. It's when, it's when they see you smile, when they see you hug them, when they see you sit with them. That's service. That's what they recognize. They don't care. You are the one that paid, that wrote the check. They don't know how much you wrote and what it took you to make that money. So you have to balance it. You have to balance it. I've been in situations where my, daughter confront, my daughters confronted me and say, uh, we know Elevation Church is the last born of this family. <laughs> I have two daughters, right? Both of them are teenagers now. Yeah. My first daughter, we're 17, going on 18 now, said, you know what? Even me as the first born, we know this church is more important than I said, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am going to reverse it. Yeah. I didn't know that. that and they will sit together and be discussing it. <laughs> that the church is supposed to be the last born, but it's actually the first born. Because it gets more attention than us, you know, and all that. And, you know, uh, what I'm telling you now, it was a very emotional situation for me. I'm just being vulnerable with you. And I don't know which business you do. I don't know where you work. I don't know what you do. But service to God and to the most important people in your life, there's nothing that you can use to replace it. Yeah, nothing. Nothing that you can use to replace it. Nothing at all. Nothing at all that you can use to replace it. Glory be to Jesus. 
and all, except in the middle of everything, we remember the call of God upon our lives. We remember that God recognizes service as a show of love to him. What will you give back to God for the life that he has given you? What will you give back to God for planning your life and making things to pan out well for you? What are you going to give back to him for that? What are you going to give back to him for that? What are you going to give back to him for, for that? Matthew uh, chapter 5, when you read from verse 14, 16, I mean 14, 15 and 16, it says you are the light of the world. I'm reading New Living Translation. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do daylight a lamb and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. We live in an environment, especially here in Nigeria, uh, where we have so many societal heels. And last week I read some newspaper uh, uh, editorials, and some of them literally broke my heart. Yeah, literally. As in just reading about what is going on. We have a problem, huge problem, with masculinity in Nigeria, for instance. Our young men are no longer real men. Yeah. They want to make quick money. Young men are killing people for ritual to make money. And let me tell you, it's simple. If a young man, 21, 22, or 25, looks up and cannot see a way up, and then sees all of you driving correct car, and cannot see how it will happen, something suggests to that young man who lacks a mentor, who doesn't have anybody to show them the pathway to life appropriately, that there has to be other economies, like occultic economy, criminology as an economy, because all those things are now yielding money. Kidnapping has not yielded money like this. The, the amount of money, revenue from kidnapping last year, if this was a better, uh, you know, democracy, I mean, better place, we will, have, we will be able to put a figure to it right now. It runs into billions upon billions. Yeah. That money is going to some people. That's the only thing that some young men can see as a way forward. How do we change this kind of environment? Our light is not only supposed to shine inside the church. We are not the salt of the church. We are the salt of the earth. And it's out there when you hold a problem that you want to solve in this society. When you hold another problem. In a church like this that has a vision to make greatness common, our light must not only shine in the church. You can come here and trust God to be healed and God will heal you. But when you are healed, go out and heal somebody. Yeah. Go out and rescue a young man, a young lady. Yeah. All around here. I don't close my eyes when I drive. The amount of girls who are becoming called girls on our streets, they are growing every day, even in the corner streets. You know, before now, you can mention the few streets in Victoria Island and all those places where if you are driving around 9 p.m., you already see them on the road. I live around here. They are now everywhere. And those are daughters. I have two daughters, biologically. So when I see a girl on the street, please help me. I think about the fact that I have young teenage girls at home. And that if I don't do my work well, is this what they're going to be seeing and they think this is life? And some people abandon these ones as well. Stop blaming people when they misbehave. There's a way a society can be conditioned that people will not see any other way forward but the economy that is wrong. Yeah. When the real economy is close to them, completely close, 
And it's because of all of us and the way we live our lives, including pastors. Yeah. So we cannot continue to play church. We're supposed to shine our light. But it starts from the church. If you don't want to serve God for any reason, serve God because the gospel is the hope of the world. That's the thing that can penetrate the heart of a young person, the heart of a child, the heart of an adult, and still make a change. 60 year olds, 70 year olds are still bowing their knees to Jesus when the world penetrates. Bad marriages are still being turned around when the heart of a person changes. Are you still with me today? That's why it's important. How do you want to measure your life? Would it be by the things that matter or the things that don't matter? God made man to contribute to creation, not to extract resources for personal comfort only. Your life will be measured by uh, it's donation, like we say, not by uh, uh, duration. Not by duration, but by donation. By donation. Jesus only lived three years, and he donated his life. Some people want to live 120 and carry their life with them. And, all, and everything that they have, and say carry it with them to, to where they are going. Glory be to Jesus. So the best use of the gift God gave you is for serving him, for serving God. If you have been in this church for so long, or maybe he's just joined us not too long, and you don't care about how lives are blessed here, how lives are transformed, just want to come in, make sure every place is in order, you know, sit, you know, calmly, whether in the auditorium or you're watching online. Just, you know, some people don't know that anything that is happening is human beings are making it happen. You know, people are joining us online right now. If this broadcast is not okay. you start seeing comments. Yeah. Volume is low. The picture is uh, it's human beings that are doing it. Not angels. Yeah. People online, please hear me. Yeah. It's human beings that are doing it. <laughs> yeah. And you also need to think, what am I going to do to make a difference? Do I'm online? Yeah. What am I going to do to make a difference? We have small groups literally all around the world. Yeah. Pastor Boale is a pastor of the online church. We have small groups in Europe, in America, in the UK, everywhere. Even in places where we don't have a physical church, we have small groups there that people meet online. I was still talking to uh, somebody this morning about a uh, small group that we want to start in Amsterdam. Yeah. And, you know, people are coming together under the ages of the Elevation Church, get our materials, transform lives, touch each other, pray together. And, and push each other on the direction of good works so you don't have any excuse if you are online. And if you are right here in the room, I've come for you today. Yeah. What's set for you today? This service is set up for you to make up your mind to serve God with us at the Elevation Church. We have many ways by which you can serve God. Whether it's by you know, joining the service unit in church that seeks to make sure that people are blessed as they come into fellowship here, or people who will join, you know, one committee or the other, put programs together with which we impact corporate Nigeria and business events and all that. We have a career, uh, uh, you know, enhancement uh, programs and units. Uh, if you are 
executive management person, that's where you want to make contribution. Yeah. We have an army of young people who are being derailed on a daily basis. We can't sit pretty and just say one day, one day, our nation will be better. We all have a role to play. I know you have a need, but it's by meeting other people's needs that your needs will be met. Glory be to Jesus. So wrap this up. Three big thoughts about service. One, service to God is not optional. Yeah, it's not optional. It's not optional. You can't sit on the fence. Service to God is not optional. Your contribution is crucial to the growth of the church. So service to God is not optional. Everyone's contribution is crucial. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 and verse 16, for the body has been formed in its image. I'm reading Passion Translation. Passion Translation. Please give me Passion Translation quickly. The body has been formed in its image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. As this gift operates effectively through the old body, we are built up and made perfect in love. That's how we love God. When I bring my part, you bring your part, you know, you, you have a network. Somebody has an idea. Somebody has, you know, uh, knows a gatekeeper somewhere. And then we open the gate to, for the kingdom of God to come in, into society, into, you know, people groups. Touch, you know, young children. Touch single mothers. Touch all kinds and make a difference as the source of the earth. So your service to God is not optional. There's something that God has put in you that the kingdom of God needs because the purpose of God putting it there is primarily because of kingdom purpose. You can make money through it, but that's not enough. Because when you get to heaven, they will not ask you for your balance sheet. Yeah. That's what we forget. We run after balance sheet too much. It's important here on earth, but it has no eternal relevance. If at the end of the day, your balance sheet does not have anything to do with how the kingdom of God is moving forward. Are you still with me today? God gave you gifts principally for the expansion of his kingdom. Principally for the expansion of his kingdom. That's the principal reason. If you are here, you can run, you can jump, you can sing, you can negotiate. That's strategic. You understand? You, 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 whatever you can do, you know how to make people look good. Or you, 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 you know, you, you know, you know, Anything at all. You know how to do anything at all. The primary reason God gave you is for the expansion of his kingdom. First uh, Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10 in the Amplified Translation, it says, Just as each one has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, and an ability graciously given by God, he said, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good uh, stewardship of God's multifaceted grace, faithful using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. It's God that gives us through his unmerited favor. You didn't negotiate before you were born. God, make me a good singer. Or God, uh, uh, make me an entrepreneur. You didn't negotiate that. Now you're an astute entrepreneur. You know how to broker deals. You're brokering deals all around the world. But yet you think it's all about you. Did you negotiate that gift before you were born? No, you did not. I'm a good lawyer. I'm a good lawyer. I can win any case in the world. And then you get all the laurels. And you, you don't stop to think, did I even ask that God should make me a good lawyer 
or give me that gift before I was born. God put it there. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5 said, before I formed you, I knew you. I have my plans for you, so I formed some things into you. It's about me, primarily not about you. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. It's also important for us to know that those who refuse to serve God with their gift will lose their reward. Plain truth, will lose their reward. We see that in the parable of talent in Matthew 25. If you refuse to use what God has given you for his own purpose, you lose your reward. The one who uses it for God's purpose, they got rewarded for it. Second thought, only acceptable service will be rewarded. Only acceptable service will be rewarded. Ladies and gentlemen, I need us to understand that it is God that sets the parameters for acceptable service, not you or any man. Yeah. Only acceptable service will be rewarded, and God is the one that set the parameters. God is the one that set the parameters. And what makes a service acceptable is when it comes from a heart of love. The Bible says we will serve God with gladness when it comes from a heart of love. A heart of love. A heart of love for God. A heart of love for humanity. Whatever you do for God in this church, let it be because your heart is heavy for humanity. Let it be because you want to fulfill the purpose of God, not your own. Let it not be because you want to be known or you want to be popular. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into it. Some people get into ministry because they want to be popular. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to be popular. Yeah. I, I don't... I like my quiet life. <laughs> and I will cherish that quiet life as much as possible. Just, just keep it simple and keep it straight. Yeah. Simplicity is a, is a great gift. <laughs> it's always a blessing. It takes all the complications out. Glory be to Jesus. And, and keeps the focus. The focus. What's the real thing? Let's cut to the bone. Yeah. And that's how God wants us to live a lot of the time. So, the, and God set parameters. You know, you, you, you can read Second, I mean, Second Timothy chapter two, verse four and five. The Bible says, "No one engaging in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier." Who do you want to please? The one that enlisted you as a soldier. The one that enlisted you as a soldier. And he said, "Every work will be tested by fire." First Corinthians three and verse thirteen. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 13, because it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test each one's work, what sort it is. Your kingdom service, if it exists at all, it will still be tested. 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 And you know, like Pastor Debo was saying in the, last, in the first service, uh, when we get to heaven, they said everyone will give account. Heaven is eternity. They don't watch time there. You stay on the queue. Hypothetically, you stay on the queue. You think that there are billions of people, so they will be rushing. No. It's eternity unto eternity. Be telling the story. We are here. Then just we say, continue. As you go, continue. <laughs> we are not rushing. There's no day, there's no night. Yeah. There's no day, there's no night. So because some people there, it won't work. You know, we are plenty. <laughs> I hear you. There's no day, there's no night. Nobody's rushing anywhere. Nobody's rushing back home. There's no traffic. Just stay there. Tell the story of your life. I want to see how you spend this life. Yeah. That's why what you, what you have is the present. 
when you take care of the present time, future is guaranteed. Yeah. Future is guaranteed. Future is guaranteed. And human beings, I was preaching somewhere yesterday at a conference somewhere, and I said this. See, people love to postpone things, postpone their joy. Like, when I get married, I'll be happier. When I hammer and I buy my first brand new car, you will see that I can be brighter than this. That's what some people say. You know, people just know how to postpone things, especially postponing their joy or postponing the expression of their love. Some people will tell their spouse, when my money comes, you will see real love. Show real love now. Yeah. Show real love now. Now. Because it's the same thing that people are saying to God. When I have a little more time, I will care about your kingdom. When I have a little more time, I'll preach the gospel. When I have a little more time, I will serve in church. Stop postponing what has eternal value. And over-focusing on things that lack eternal consequence. Some things are only consequential or not. They don't have any consequence in eternity. Let's get our priorities straight. And focus also on things that have eternal consequence. Lastly today, kingdom service increases your influence. Many people are chasing influence all over the place. When you serve God and serve humanity, you don't look for influence. You gain influence. You just gain influence. You gain influence. Whether people recognize you or not, the forces that govern the universe recognize efforts that are geared towards the expansion of God's kingdom. Yeah. Even the devil knows it. Some people are untouchable because of their service. Yeah. Untouchable. No devil in hell is born well to mess around certain people because of the seed that they have sown in the kingdom of God. Because of the amount of effort that they put into spreading the light of Jesus. Some people have served God so much that generation to the fourth generation cannot suffer certain things again. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Because their service has gone as a memorial before God. Time will not permit me today to dig into the scriptures to show you what I'm saying. Some other day we'll look at it. Service goes as a memorial before God. God does not forget our labor of love. That's what the scripture says. He does not forget our labor of love. Some things you are doing now, you are doing it not because of yourself, because of your children. No generation, two generations will suffer the same thing. The only way to make sure that the generation of my children will not suffer what I suffered is to make investment in the place that matter, the kingdom of God. The kingdoms of this world are ephemeral. When you put all your, your energy, your sweat into acquiring assets, wealth develops wings and they can fly away. There are many stories, time will not permit us this morning, of people, rich people in this country, whose next generation could not even access the wealth. Yeah. You know their names. Yeah. Their children and grandchildren could not even access their wealth. But when you put it in the kingdom of God, whether it's by energy, you know, by resources, whatever it is, it is guaranteed. Jesus said, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven where no, no, uh, uh, moth nor rust will corrupt it. Yeah. I love to look back to the generation coming behind me in my lineage and be able to tell them you are insured. Yeah. Because of kingdom service that will not be forgotten by heaven. And finally, when your time is done on earth, as I close this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 4, when you read from verse 6. Paul 
as a veteran kingdom person was speaking. He said, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. You know, some people are always afraid of death because you don't have anything to look forward to in eternity. Paul's disposition to his departure from heart was simple and clear. Look at how he was talking about it. I'm at the departure lounge of life. I have nothing to fear. When you are in your 80s, 90s, Hundred. What kind of will you have regrets that if I've done something better in my 40s or my 50s or my 60s, I will have more to look forward to in heaven right now? Look at what Paul is saying. Put that scripture up for me. For I'm ready, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. See that verse 7. That verse 7. It's a game changer. To be able to say that boldly, it's not easy. I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Somebody here this morning, in your 80s, will you be able to say, I fought a good fight for my family, for my marriage? I fought a good fight to uphold the principles of the kingdom of God, the values of the kingdom. I fought a good fight to leave a legacy behind. I finished my race. I'm done. I finished my race. And I kept the faith. This verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, if you don't hear anything I say today, go home with this. And let this remind you of God's expectation. This, ladies and gentlemen, is our standard. That is our standard. That is our standard. If you are truly a member of the Elevation Church, that is your standard. In kingdom service, in serving your family, in serving our society, that is our standard. I finished my course. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. But verse 8, it says, finally, there's laid up for me a crown. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. With the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not me only, but also to all who have loved is appearing. Rise on your feet, everyone. Rise on your feet, everyone. Glory to Jesus. Lift your two hands with me and just ask him, Lord, make me a vessel. A vessel unto honor. A vessel of service. A vessel of grace. Help me to shift focus from the things that perish to the things that have eternal value. Will you pray that prayer with me this morning? Help me to shift focus from things that, that, that perish to the things that have eternal value. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. A vessel unto honor. I know I have needs, but help me not to over-focus on my personal needs. The plan for me is to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And through the ministry of the Elevation Church where you have planted me, I want to play my part. I want to do 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 my Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. Everyone online, please pray the same prayer. I know you have aspirations for this year. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to achieve this. I want to achieve that. Where's the alignment between all that and what God has in mind for you? 
Because when you were smaller than this, you didn't have plans, but God orchestrated his plans to bring you to where you are today. When you didn't have enough sense to plan your destiny, God was planning it out, was planning it out. He made you meet certain people. He made you make certain decisions that you yourself could not explain, but he brought you to where you are. That same God still holds the reins in your life. He still wants to direct your future. And it's when you carry him into everything that you do. Lift your hand and say, Father, help me to present my body, my mind, my spirit, soul, and body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before you. That my mind will be focused on your love for me. And I will be able to reciprocate your love by loving your kingdom and serving your church and serving the gospel and serving the kingdom of God with my life. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lift your two hands with me today and say, Father, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to do today. Can you play that song softly? Just play something. Not read. Yeah. Yes. Wave those hands to him. everlasting father father i will speak a blessing over everyone under the influence of this service everyone online as we come into the month of february the month of love help us to love you help us to show it through service starting from our homes into your kingdom that we may play our role in the body of christ help us to see ourselves as vital part of the body that our lives may shine your light and sort our world. Lord, we thank you and we praise your holy name. We ask, Lord, today that you taught the hearts of your sons and daughters, everyone that you have called to be a blessing to this house and to serve humanity through the ministry of the Elevation Church. As we call them this morning, we ask, Father, that you direct them and put them in the right places where their services will be acceptable to you. Thank you, everlasting Father, and we bless your name. Lord, as your people will serve you this season and serve other people and be a blessing to other people, let the heavens open continually upon their lives. Give them more direction. Increase their greatness and comfort them on every side. In the precious name of Jesus Christ.